Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the Good Life Podcast with Mike Safosnik, the first show of 2016. The podcast can finally be found on iTunes now, so search Mike Safo, M-I-K-E-S-A-F-O, one word, or follow me on Twitter for any show updates. I have a bunch of awesome guests coming up the next three or four weeks. Michael K. Williams, who plays Omar on The Wire, Chalky White on Boardwalk Empire. I'll be doing him next week from his apartment. Former Yankee, Royal, and Twin second baseman Chuck Knobloch. Former Mets and Reds Gold Glovin winning second baseman Doug Flynn. As always, Chris Canty from the Ravens. Of course, he's coming on, but shh, it's after he announces his retirement in the next day or two. And uh, Jake the Snake Roberts is either the end of this month or early February. As we all know, two of my biggest passions in life, two obsessions you can actually call them, are traveling and, of course, sports. I barely slept a minute last night after Kentucky's uh, embarrassing performance against LSU, but I'm going to put all that behind me right now, because today's guest on hold, I had him on before, he's been called the Marco Polo of the 21st century, the youngest American to visit every country in the world, and I was just on his website, I think it's at 318 countries. I think he's been to more places than that. He's really an inspiration to me. It sounds silly, but he really is. Sports fanatic, privileged to have him on the show again. Let me welcome to the show, Lee Abelmonte. Lee, what's going on, my brother? Hey, man. Thanks a lot for having me. I appreciate it. And uh, good to know that Jake the Snake is still alive. I didn't know that. I thought he was one of the uh, the wrestling victims, so good to hear. Yeah, you know what? He, he did that like DDP, the Diamond Dallas Page yoga thing, and he's sober now. He's clean, so he's one of the few that's still around from the old WWF days. Good to know, man. I'm a huge wrestling fan in addition to everything else. Not recently, but back in the 80s and 90s. Uh, oh, yeah. You know what? I had on Virgil maybe two weeks ago. He called in. He was all Virgil, like... Virgil, love that guy, man. Him and the Million Dollar Man, yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, I'm going to email you the, the show. He was all drugged up, cursing and yelling. It was actually really comical to hear some of his old stories, so I'll send them to you. Awesome, and I love Omar from the Wire. I'm going to have to listen to that one. Awesome, man. So... What have you been up to lately? We, we talked maybe around eight or nine months ago. What have you been up to lately? Uh, man, it's uh, so much stuff I can't even really keep it straight. I've been, uh, you know, I flew about 300,000 miles in 2015. I'm actually in Los Angeles right now. I'm coming back to New York this weekend to the New York Times Travel Show. I'm speaking Saturday at 4 if anyone wants to come see me. And then you go to Kenya, Dubai, New Zealand, all uh, culminating in an uh, expedition to the North Pole in a couple months, and I'm really pumped about that. 
And I can't wait to talk about that, but both of us are obsessed with sports. Let me ask you a couple questions. How are you feeling about the Yankees getting Chapman? Do you love it? Uh, you know, it's, it's funny. I mean, everyone's asking me that. I think it's, I think it's okay. I mean, I think it kind of reminds me of like a, uh, the Nasty Boys kind of lineup back in the late 90s um, with Myers, Dibble, and Charlton, or even kind of a copycatting what the Royals have done the last couple of years, which is obviously a good thing. Um, I, you know, I assume the Yankees have some sort of information and they did their due diligence on Chapman with uh, some type of suspension or whatever. I mean, Cashman's no dummy. So, you know, I think it's a good thing. I, I'll be honest, I've never been completely blown away by this guy. Um, uh, but, you know, hey, uh, I'm all for him. I'll be rooting for him, that's for sure. Would you keep Andrew Miller and do a three-headed monster, or would you trade Miller, maybe Gardner, and go get a, a stud starter? Well, I think uh, the Yankees are obviously, it's kind of an embarrassment of riches for them. I mean, uh, if something comes your way, yeah, trade him. But if nothing does, then, uh, you know, there, there's worse problems to have. It's kind of like Ohio State with other quarterbacks this year. Now, Tom Coughlin, quote-unquote, steps down. Who do you think the next, uh, next Giants coach is going to be? I've been saying for the entire year, literally the entire year, that Nick Saban's going to be the next coach of the Giants. So, uh, you know, I'm sad to see Coughlin go, but, uh, I mean, the guy's, what, 69 years old. I mean, he's won two Super Bowls, uh, three if you include him as a coach with Parcells. So, you know, I'm happy that he goes off theoretically on his own terms. I mean, it's been four seasons since they've been in the playoffs, and this year was probably the most frustrating year in my lifetime as a Giants fan, even worse than the years we were like 3-13. and 13. I mean, this was so bad. I mean, five, five or six losses when you're leading with like two minutes in the fourth quarter. I mean, that's unprecedented. So um, I think it's going to be being Nick Saban, but I'm also kind of hopeful with that. But, uh, you know, we'll see. It's a real coveted job. They have a good quarterback. Uh, obviously, they need some defensive work, and uh, they need uh, some closing uh, improvement for sure. But, I mean, they're in a bad division. Uh, and they have the best quarterback in the division. So, uh, so I think they're poised to turn it around real quick. Now, let me ask you this. I think I read you're a Maryland college basketball fan. Is that true? Yeah, I went to the University of Maryland. Massive Terrapins fan. Okay, well, you know, I didn't know you went there. I was going to say I was going to give you the opportunity of a lifetime to come on and become part of Big Blue Nation in Kentucky. But if you went to Maryland, I guess we'll let it slide. You guys all ranked third in the country, so. Yeah, I actually was down in Chapel Hill a couple of weeks ago for the Maryland-Carolina game. We, that's the only game we lost this year, but uh, it was still fun to be down there. I'll be in College Park for the Wisconsin game on February 13th, so I'm really excited about that. Now, last time we spoke, you mentioned a possible show, maybe a book deal. Is anything new on that on the business side of Lee Abamante's life right now? Yeah, uh, still doing a ton of TV, still working on the show, um, and uh, I've started the book. Uh, you know, I'm just hoping to find the time to finish it. Uh, you know, it's <laughs> writing a book is not as easy as you think it might be, and uh, it takes some time, and I'm just so busy with uh, other business commitments, so I'm just trying to, you know, take it in stride, but, uh, you know, the good thing is, uh, worse things could happen, and uh, when it comes out, it's going to be pretty awesome, um, but I'm in no real rush. Now, I got to tell you how you knocked me off my little pedestal I'm on. So, I love the fact that I'm single, lived in New York City my whole life. I bragged to my friends how I went to, like, 10 or 11 new countries this year. Where do you go? You know, I rub it in all the time. When I texted you, I said, listen, do you want to do the show? And you're like, oh, I'll do it Wednesday because I'm headed to Kenya. So not only did you one-up me, but you got to make it, like I'm thinking I went to Thailand and China. I'm thinking all these cool places. What brings you to Kenya and way to one-up me, by the way? 
I'm going to Canada, actually. I, I do uh, have a partnership with Fairmont Hotels, and they actually have three hotels down in Kenya, so I'm going to visit all three of them. Uh, one in Nairobi, one at Mount Kenya, and one in the Maasai Mara, where I get to do some cool safaris and some really cool nature stuff. So I'm really pumped. It'll be my, I think, fourth time in Kenya, so I'm really excited to get back to Africa and then uh, go to Dubai from there and then down to New Zealand from there. So I'm really excited. It's going to be a real fun January. Now, last time I had you on, I was getting ready to go to Thailand for the first time. I did like two and a half weeks there, time my life. Um, so I'm gonna, you're gonna, I have a few trips planned for 2016. So you'll be my personal consultant. I'm gonna name a couple of countries I'm going to. You tell me, not that you didn't like them. I hate when people say, "Did you like that country?" Because I heard people say they hated Thailand. I find out they just they sat in a hotel room the whole time because the weather wasn't perfect. Or so you never get a full grasp until you're there. But I'm headed to Colombia next Friday. Did you love Colombia? Loved Columbia, yes, and uh, that's on my list to, to go back to this year. Actually, one of my real good friends uh, is Colombian, lives in Bogota, so I've been meaning to get back down there to uh, to hang out with him and his family. But, yeah, it's uh, just an awesome place, uh, really. It is some of the best food in the world, not just in Latin America, but in the world. Uh, Bogota is a cool town. It's uh, pretty safe, really nice uh, areas of it, great restaurants. Cartagena is the, uh, I'll, I'll say, the uh, the jewel of, of Colombia, man. That That is just a that's great city. That's where I'm city. going. Yeah, that's where I'm going. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. And uh, if you get a chance, I'll tell you to go up to uh, the island of uh, San Andres. It's a nice place. Oh. You can fly there from Cartagena and Bogota as well. Now, I know you're a soccer fanatic. So in March, yep. so I'm a big I'm a Sports is my life. So I'm a huge soccer fan. My travel buddy, diehard Messi fan. So what we're doing is, it's funny, in traveling, and I'm going to ask you this first. When you started traveling, like years ago, when you just started getting into it, did you meet friends that you became like lifelong friends with just on like a random pub crawl or at a random museum? Did you like make friends that way? Uh, two things. One, I was very lucky that a couple of my best friends from Maryland, actually, and from growing up, I uh, love to travel, so, you know, and they're sports fans and, and the whole thing, too. So I've been lucky that way. But on my solo travels and stuff like that, and then through work and whatnot, I've met a lot of people who share the same interests, obviously, travel and sports. So, yeah, I mean, I've met a lot of friends and then been able to keep in touch with them uh, because of, like, things like Facebook and stuff like that, whereas people who I met, like, in the late 90s, early 2000s, you know, I may have lost touch with because I lost their email or address or phone number or whatever. We met this, uh, so I traveled with my one, one of my best friends, and we, we met this two guys in, uh, in Prague from Argentina. So in March, we're going to head to Buenos Aires for the first time. He has family there, and they got us tickets for the World Cup qualifying match. Um, I, think, I think Peru is playing in Argentina. Did you ever watch a game in that stadium? Because we're beyond pumped to go down to Argentina, not just for the food and to see it down there, but to see the game down there also. Yeah, the, uh, the the games down at River Plate and Boca Juniors are, are just pretty awesome, man. I mean, the atmosphere down there, whether it's uh, Brazil, Argentina, or pick a country. I mean, uh, you know, Chile, where they just had the uh, uh, the South American Cup last year, where Chile would be uh, Messi and Argentina. Um, and that was a bad game. Argentina should have won that game. But, um, yeah, it's, it's just such a cool atmosphere. It, it really is. You're going to have the time of your life. And speaking of Messi, I'm pumped because – my two favorite teams, uh, Arsenal and Barcelona, and they're playing each other in the Champions League yet again uh, <laughs> on February 23rd. I'll be at the Emirates to watch that game, so I'm pretty excited. Now, I want to jump to your website because it, it really is – it's such a different website because you wonder what I love about your website. You're not promoting stuff. You're not – every click, you have all these ads coming up. So it's leeabamonte.com, and you can spend hours on it just looking at your pictures, stories of your travels. 
but I was fascinated by the one about the South Pole. You called it the trip of your lifetime. What made that so special for you? Well, uh, thank you, by the way. And, uh, yeah, I don't like to have ads. Uh, I don't do the website to make money. I just have it as basically like essentially a resume and a reference point. But uh, the uh, South Pole was, uh, I'll say, the, the culmination of, like, years and years and years of travel. And be- for so many reasons. One, is so few people ever go there. Like, literally, hundreds of people only have ever been there. And they get about a dozen or two dozen tourists uh, each year to visit the cost is very prohibitive. It's something like $75,000 to get down there. And then even if you pay that, you're not guaranteed to get there. So the other thing for me was back in 2013, I uh, I got a group together and I went down there and we failed to make it. That was the trip that uh, famously I was with Prince Harry and then Prince Harry prevented me from making it to the South Pole because the Russians who run the planes down at the Russian base uh, gave Prince Harry, you know, obviously the Prince of England and his BBC uh, camera crew the priority with the one plane that was still working. So we got screwed on that one. And then when I went back uh, literally just about a year ago um, and we made it, it was just the ultimate rush. I mean, it really was. I mean, just being where so few people have ever been or never will be. And uh, so many great explorers have died trying to get to. And you think of people like, Shackleton, who never made it, um, and then you think of uh, the people who did, and you know Scott died coming back from it after he lost the uh, the polar race to uh, to Amundsen from Norway. So just so much history there, and uh, it, just the fact that you're standing at the South Pole, the bottom of the world, not just Antarctica. It's not that we took a boat there, you know, and just touched touched the island and then and went away. We literally did an expedition two weeks to get there, and we failed once, went back, tried again, and we made it by the skin of our teeth, by the way, but we made it. It was just the best rush uh, travel-wise you can imagine. Now, you called that trip humbling. I don't know if I heard that on a podcast or if it was on your website. What made it humbling for you? It was humbling because of, like what I just said, like with – uh, the the greatest explorers uh, made it and, or didn't make it, and I did. And, uh, you know, but then, you know, we have the advantage of sort of modern technology with planes and obviously warm weather gear and stuff like that. And putting yourself there and, and, and feeling the elements, I mean, your your eyelids freeze shut in like five seconds, you know what I mean? So it's one of those things, like you put yourself back in the early 1900s when the uh, the race to the pole was going on between Amundsen, Scott, and Shackleton and some of these other amazing explorers, and they were doing it with, like, dogs, you know what I mean, and eating dogs, and they had to take a boat all the way from England down there to try, and, uh, you know, hundreds of uh, people lost their lives trying to do it, and I remember landing at, like, 83 degrees for refueling to get to the pole, and I had already made it uh, further south than Shackleton ever did. And we're talking about under Shackleton, you know? So then standing at the, at the pole was just a really tremendous, humanizing, humbling experience for me, knowing the history of the race to the pole and uh, how many people have tried, failed, and then how few people have ever actually made it. Now, I have to ask you, and this is going to sound like a very maybe amateur question, but obviously it's, it's freezing. How are you just wearing a Yankees hat in that one picture? Because I see people like no, yeah, I, yeah, because, I, have to, um, I have to ask you that. I had that hat on for about ten seconds, so I, I brought it specifically <laughs> to take that picture. Uh, so I took my like super warm weather, you know, gear, mountain hardware hat off for about ten seconds, 
and it was so cold. I thought my ears were going to fall off, but I was so pumped, and there was so much adrenaline. Like, that smile you see is, like, super genuine, and, uh, you know, it was freezing, but uh, I got a bunch of cool pictures there. And uh, but real quick, uh, if you notice in one hand, I'm actually holding the other hat. So um, <laughs> I, I, I put that on right away as soon as I got some photos. <laughs> now, it's funny. So I actually use your website kind of as a reference because I, I want to travel everywhere, obviously. I'm I'm trying to do that. I, I work a lot just to travel all the time. So I basically tell my travel buddy, hey, I want to go to Thailand. And he's like, okay, sell me on it. Why? So, you know, I make a little folder, my little OCD folder. So I mentioned the South Pole. He's like, ah. I showed him pictures of the penguins, and then I saw the price. Why is it so much money compared to everything else in the world? Well, number one, it's a super exclusive trip, obviously. And uh, mm-hmm. the, main, the main cost is uh, the, the fuel, flying. And because you have to charter a, 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 a Belarusian military cargo plane from Cape Town or from South America, you can do it two ways. You can fly from South America to Union Glacier. You can fly from Cape Town to uh, Nova Lazarevskaya, which is how I did it twice. Um, and it's run by a British um, outfit that works with the Russians on the logistics and whatnot. And then the, the cost of the plane is just so ridiculous and the fuel and getting everything down there. And, and that's why it costs so much. Remember, there's no commercial air service or anything like that on the ice. And then they have to pay uh, the pilots and all these uh, people so much money to spend months of their lives down there. So the tourists that do go down who aren't just scientists and whatnot have to pay a, a major price. It's kind of like going to space. If you want to be a space tourist, you have to pay a ridiculous price to do it. And the only problem is you're still not guaranteed to, to get there. So I, I know several people, because I was one of them, who paid an ungodly amount of money and then went away pissed off. But, uh, you know, even today, that shows you what an incredible accomplishment it is to make the South Pole because even today you're not guaranteed in these times with these technologies that we have. We didn't make it. That's incredible. Now, back to combining soccer with my travels. Because, you know, I like to kill two or three birds at one stone. If I'm in, you know, I just did a, I did a big Europe trip for like three weeks. We were in Amsterdam for three days, then Prague, Budapest. I want to do a few days, not just an hour in each city. I want to experience each city for three days. Obviously, time doesn't allow as much as I want. But we're actually headed to, in September, we're going to go to uh, Berlin, then we're going to go to Munich. We're going to check out Oktoberfest and then the Bayern Munich game, and then shoot over to Barcelona to see a Spain game and stay in Barcelona for a few days. I'm not going to ask you a million city questions, but Munich, Oktoberfest, and Barcelona, just beautiful places and stadiums? Yeah, uh, the new Allianz Arena in, in Munich is pretty awesome. Like where Bayern Munich plays, uh, you know, they have, uh, have the uh, Champions League final there every couple of years, and obviously World Cup qualifiers and games from uh, Germany in 06. It's a great city, um, very cool, great town for yeah for going to Oktoberfest, for drinking, for eating, for partying. Uh, it's also a beautiful town, a nice old square, and a lot of things around there. You can go down to Neuschwanstein Castle, or you can go down to uh, the site of the 1936 Winter Olympics uh, in Garmisch Partenkirchen. It's a really cool area down there, and the Black Forest isn't too far. Uh, Barcelona is one of my five favorite cities in the world, without question. The new camp, I've been there, I don't know, half a dozen times. It's just great. Uh, it's just an awesome city. You, you really can't go wrong in Barcelona or Munich. I mean, they're two of the great cities of the world. Now, I want to ask you a couple of personal questions that I didn't get to ask you last time. One of them is a generic one. Where was your first passport stamp, and how old were you when you got uh, when you first traveled away? Yeah, I just turned 20 years old, September 7th, 1998, uh, London Heathrow. I flew from Kennedy to Heathrow to study abroad. Uh, that was my first time ever leaving the country. Uh, I was literally 20 years in one week, and I left 
the uh, the day that Mark McGuire hit his 61st home run. <laughs> and did you? Get and it was crazy because I didn't yeah. know how to use the internet really back in 1998. So uh, I was always a day behind in London. So I just checked the USA Today, which was always a day behind. Or my dad would call me uh, like in the middle of the night um, to tell me if McGuire or Sosa hit a home run. So that's actually a pretty cool story uh, going back then before before the internet because there was really no other way to do it. It was it was either the USA Today or someone called you and woke you up in the middle of the night. It, it's funny you just mentioned that. I was actually speaking to my dad maybe like on Christmas and we were talking about it. When that happened, I had a beeper and he texted me, 62, 62, 62, and that's how I knew because we were out. I think it, it must have been a Thursday or whatever night, but we were out and he beeped me. He paged me 62 and that's how I found out. It wasn't like the Sports Center updates on the cell phone. <laughs> yeah, yeah no. man, it's uh, it's crazy how times have changed, right? <laughs> now, have you ever run into any legal issues? And not, I don't mean like a shakedown from like when you cross a border. I've heard you tell great stories about that. But any legal issues in any country you've ever been to? Not really. I mean, I'm I'm pretty steadfast with like getting the proper uh, paperwork and documentation. Uh, the only two times I ever went to a country without proper documentation were to go to my final country, which was Libya, um, but they didn't have a government at the time. That's a pretty well-documented story. And I also went to a, a small West African nation called Guinea-Bissau um, without a visa because it was just literally impossible to get one because there's no embassy in the U.S. and all the other embassies that I tried were closed. So I was just like, F it, I'm just going to fly there and see what happens when I got there. And really all I had to do was pay 30 bucks, and they stamped a visa in my passport right there. <laughs> now, yeah. now, now, I guess, obviously, you're considered a professional traveler. When you first started traveling and just, you know, picking a few cities to explore, were you like an OCD sightseer, or did you more wing it, or did you go there with an itinerary and a plan? I want to make sure I'm in I'm in Krakopolnta. I want to make sure I go to Auschwitz. I want to go to the salt mines. Did you have things lined up that you needed to do? Well, I'm, I'm pretty good with, like, knowing, like, what I'm getting myself into. So um, I always did a little bit of research, even back in the day um, when I first started. I always knew what I wanted to see for sure, but then, like, I always left myself open. Like, I'm not a crazy planner at all. I know I want to see certain things, and I want to get certain things done while I'm in a city, but you never know what you're going to like, what you're not going to like, who you're going to meet, uh, what you hear is good, uh, that type of thing. So I always like to do... Uh, a little mental planning, knowing what I 100% want to do, but then leave time to uh, explore, you know, what you, you find along the way. Or, you know, uh, you meet people and things change. I mean, you never know what's going to happen on the road, so I like to uh, not be too rigid. Now, there's, on your site, there's thousands of pictures. There's three pictures that stuck out with me, and if I'm, I just want to bring them up, and if you can just give me maybe a background story, because obviously they're fascinating. The golfing in Afghanistan, when did you go there? And the course looks horrible, by the way, too. But when did you go to Afghanistan and playing golf? Yeah, I was in Afghanistan, actually, in Kabul during the war. I think it was uh, it must have been 2009, um, I believe, uh, towards the tail end of the war. But um, I'm a big golfer, love sports, as you know. And uh, I had heard that there was actually something called the Kabul Country Club, uh, you know, on the outskirts of Kabul. So I was like, you know what, if I'm going there, I'm going to freaking play golf and get pictures of it. Why not? <laughs> So it turns out, um, sure enough, there's a Cabo Country Club. There's, like, a sign and the whole thing. There's, like, a little nine-hole golf course. Um, and, uh, you know, the picture you're talking about, um, the greens are not greens. They're, like, dirt. So I was, like, calling them the, the browns, you know what I mean? So it's, like, crazy. And uh, I had, if, if you see the pictures, I had, um, like, an armed guard with, like, an AK-47 following me around. I had an armored car. 
and uh and the whole thing it was literally just one of the cooler experiences and uh you know if you like golf i mean there's a few more interesting places you could say you played golf uh i played in the Falkland islands i thought that was pretty cool i would love to have played in antarctica but uh yeah Kabul, afghanistan take the cake for that there's a picture of you in the stadium where the rumble in the jungle was in the Congo. And I'm, I actually just, I'm starting a book now on the Congo. How cool is it being in that stadium? Because it looks like a very rundown, is it an abandoned stadium where Ali fought? Yeah, it's, uh, I, uh, the name escapes me of the stadium, but yeah, it's exactly where it was in uh, 1974. Obviously, the uh, rope of Ali beats Foreman to regain the uh, heavyweight title. Um, and it was one of the most famous fights in history. And so I was going to Kinshasa, and Kinshasa is literally one of the worst cities in the world. Uh, there's no other way to describe it. I mean, it's um, very poor. Very The poverty is in your face. It's everywhere, bad traffic. I mean, you know, I, I hate ragging on places, but it's a dump, you know, to be honest. And uh, the only thing that I knew 100% that I wanted to do, and the only thing that most people know about Kinshasa is back when it was still called Zaire and not the Democratic Republic of the Congo, they had that fight because Don King arranged for each guy to get like $5 million from the corrupt government, and that's why they ended up having the fight in Zaire in the first place. So I wanted to go see the stadium, and yeah, it's totally run down. Uh, it's more or less abandoned. Like There's some people there, like kids were playing soccer on the field like when I was there. Um, the the which we call it, the uh, locker rooms are still there. There's pictures of Ali and Foreman. Uh, basically, it's where people urinate, <laughs> and it just smells like piss. It just smells like piss. It's really disgusting. But you go in, you take some pictures of uh, the walls, and then yeah, man, I went in and just I literally stood in the center of the stadium, just where the ring was, and uh, that picture, you know, I put my dukes up and. And that was it. It was uh, by far the highlight of my trip to uh, Kinshasa and the DRC. The other Congo, uh, Brazzaville, is uh, way better than uh, the other Congo. Now, there's, this is going to be really random. I have one of my closest friends is from Yap in Micronesia. She always tells, oh, you guys got to come. She goes there. I think she's going there, I think, next year. The stone money there. How was Yap and how was Micronesia? Cause that, we looked at the flight. It's the longest flight to get there. It's, Looks like a pain in the ass, but that's one of the places. Like, when am I ever going to meet someone from Yap that'll actually say I can go there with them? Was that was that a cool uh, trip? Yeah, actually, uh, Yap is my favorite island in Micronesia. Oh, really? Um, well, not including Palau, because Palau is pretty awesome too. Even though that's an independent nation, Yap is one of the I think it's five islands of Micronesia, um, and you can get there flying from Palau or Guam or a couple of the other islands. But uh, yeah, they use this giant stone money called Ray or Rai. I'm not actually sure how to pronounce it. R A I. But uh, it, it's pretty wild, and people just have it in their front yards now. I mean, it's more just for show these days. But for years, it was, like, literally the official currency. And I think it's still, like, legal tender, although, obviously, it's not exactly something you could just roll into the store and buy a Coke with because it weighs, like, a ton, literally. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's pretty wild. And, and Yap, along with Palau, has uh, the best diving in the world. I would say it's, like... In underwater metropolis, like you go down and it's almost like looking at Manhattan underwater just with coral and uh, all the people are like fish and, uh, you know, there's millions of them. It's, pre it's pretty cool. And, uh, yeah, just has a good vibe to it. It's big with divers and that's pretty much the only tourists that really go there. But generally they go there and there's, you know, it's a really communal kind of feeling like because you're all in it to do the same thing, so to speak. And, uh, yeah, I love Yap. It's a really cool place. Um I was just down in Guam a couple of weeks ago, and I thought about going back. I just couldn't work it out, um, but I highly recommend it for sure. 
Yeah, it, it was so random. We went on a date like a year and a half ago, and she's telling me about this stone money. I'm like, who's from Yap? And then you look it up, and it it looks like a cool place. And just maybe a few weeks ago, she said that her mom's going back there. And she's like, if you guys want to tag along, and we're, we're really contemplating going there, because that's just a random, random place. Yeah, it's pretty random, but if you can make it there, first of all, if you can make it there, you've done something cool just by being there. And, uh, it's always fun to be in a place called Yap. <laughs> and uh, you, you really enjoy it. And some of those other islands around there are pretty cool, like uh, uh, Pompeii is pretty cool. It's one of the Micronesian islands. Uh, I, I like it a lot. Chuuk is interesting, a lot of World War II wreck dive type things. And uh, like I said, you know, Guam and uh, Rota, which I was just at, Tanya and Saipan, they're all pretty cool down there. Millie, I already had you on for like 28 minutes. Just give me a couple more minutes of your time. I've wanted to go to Africa for a long time. What? So 2016, I'm already booked up. I think I'm going to like five separate vacations. 2017, I already spoke to one of my good friends, Eddie Pele. We're going to go to Africa. What would you suggest? Obviously not being a tour guide. What would you suggest for safeness and to experience a different culture? What would Just a two, three-week trip. Where would you head if you had to go there? If you had to recommend going to Africa? Well, I mean, Africa is is, is massive. You, you know, people don't, uh, you know, often forget that something like 53 countries or something like that within Africa, and each region is completely different. So, like, West Africa is completely different than East Africa, which is, you know, more touristy, like Tanzania and Kenya. Uh, it's more developed, and, and that's where Kilimanjaro is, and, like, Rwanda and Uganda, where you can go and see the uh, gorillas. Um, and then Southern Africa is very developed, and you can rent cars around South Africa, uh, Swaziland, Lesotho, Zambia, Zimbabwe, Victoria Falls, Namibia. Um, but I always tell people that kind of to get your big toe wet, so to speak, in Africa, you know, do the Southern Africa circuit because, number one, it's absolutely gorgeous and it's, a, it's absolutely wonderful to, to do. You feel pretty safe. Like, the roads are actually roads. Um, you know, people speak English. It, it's it's nice. You can find kind of creature comforts and a lot of people feel uncomfortable going to Africa, but that's a place where you can feel comfortable and you see a lot of tourists. Um, and then places like Namibia are some of the most beautiful scenery on Earth. Uh, and in South Africa and some of these places, you get incredible culture shocks because uh, it's just so different, but at the same time, it's the same in, in certain aspects. So you can really kind of feel like you're away, but then feel comfortable at the same time. Uh, like if you were to just go to Africa for the first time and go to like the Sudan or like go to Chad or, you know, it'd be a lot different, it'd be more difficult. Like I wouldn't say just go to, you know, Mali or Sierra Leone for your first time in Africa, you'd probably freak <laughs> out, you know, but, uh, but Southern Africa is probably a good place to get started or, or East Africa, like Kenya, Tanzania, that type of thing. Now, a big reason I travel besides sightseeing and it sounds good when you kick into girls is the cuisine. I just I'm obsessed with trying every local food that I can. What's your favorite countries to eat in? I know it's a generic question. And what about some of the craziest things you've ever sampled to eat? Well, I'm Italian, and uh, I do love <laughs> Italian food. And uh, it's hard to beat the Italian food in Italy. So, uh, you know, I'm going to go with that, number one. I also love uh, Asian food. So I love the food in Thailand, like you mentioned before. It's just tremendous. Uh, Japan has great food. And then basically anything along the Mediterranean, whether you go from uh, Portugal and Spain, uh, France, uh, Greece, Turkey, uh, even Israel, you know, in North Africa has great food, places like that. But then for me, some places that had 
really good food that surprised the shit out of me. Excuse me, I don't know if I can say that, but uh, yeah, uh, Uzbekistan and places like that in Central Asia, like Mongolia, I really liked the food out there. I thought it was pretty interesting. And we were just talking about Micronesia. As long as you like seafood, the food down in Micronesia, especially the poke, which is like a, a tuna dish, is literally to die for. And uh, I, it's worth the trip for me just to eat the poke down there because it's so good. Oh, that's awesome to hear. Now, I, will, I won't ask because I hate when people ask me, favorite city, worst city. How about a city that you had low expectations for or country that turned out to be awesome and vice versa where you had very high expectations? And I, I remember you told me last time, don't have high expectations because everything – you can say the city is awesome for a dumb reason or a bad reason. What about two cities that surprised you, either way, good or bad? You know, just in that vein, uh, you know, I remember the first time I went to Paris, I was so excited. I was only 20 years old, and uh, I ended up having a, a really terrible time. And I got, like, food poisoning. I lost my friend. Like, it was just, the weather was bad. You know what I mean? It didn't really meet anybody cool. And since then, I've been back to Paris probably 40 times. And, uh, you know, now it's, like, literally, like, probably my second favorite city in the world. And, uh, you know what I mean? So it's it's, it's experiential a lot of times. Um you know, if you have bad weather, you have a bad experience, I don't know, you get injured, you know, you're sick somewhere, you don't like a, a city. Like, I remember I went to Istanbul last year, and the person I was with uh, didn't like it because the, the, it was super cold and it was raining. And to be honest, it was kind of miserable, I agree. But I've been there several other times and always had a great time. So it's one of those things. Uh, you know, for me, I think the place that surprised me the most um it's not really a city, but I was just uh, talking about this the other day. It's the Falkland Islands. It was just so wonderful. And I literally had no expe- expectations at all. Like, I wasn't expecting anything. I was just kind of going there just because it was on the uh, Traveler Century Club list. But I ended up spending a week there and had literally the best time. I really, really loved it. Um, I'm, I'm on record saying that I didn't like Lagos, Nigeria. I had no expectations, but it was worse than I thought it was going to be. But that was because... <laughs> of shakedowns from the cops down there and, like, threatening to arrest you if you didn't uh, pay money, that kind of thing. Like, typical corruption in Africa, like, you'll see that around, but there just happened to be worse for me. Um, and, and one city that I was really excited to go to that I still don't love, even having been there three or four times, was Beijing in China. Okay. And, you know, there's just... It's just one of those things. Like, I love Shanghai. I love Hong Kong. Uh, Beijing, it just it just doesn't do it for me. The traffic, the pollution... I just don't find it that interesting. The Great Wall is really cool, but that's not in Beijing. It's like, you know, an hour and a half, two hours away. So aside from that, I don't really have the overwhelming desire to go back to Beijing anytime soon. And now, obviously, when you, I guess when you were doing the list and you realized, like, holy, wow, I can, I, I can become, I can go to every single place, you know, quote, unquote, in the world. Did you ever maybe neglect going back to a place? Because we I went to Iceland a year and a half ago. And my buddy's like, dude, I want to go back. Uh, you know, we saw almost everything there. He's like, you know, there's that 72-hour lights festival. We really don't go away to party at this point. You know, with 33, I'm 34, he's like 28. We don't go there to party anymore, but he wants to go back to Iceland. Did you see yourself maybe neglecting a place that you wanted to go back? Because I had a, a blast in Iceland. We ate well, and, you know, everything there is beautiful. To try somewhere random, did you see like see yourself doing that? You, you know, I mean, I, I don't know if I really did that. I don't think so, actually. What what I did was ended up going to places that I wouldn't have normally gone, obviously, because they were on the list. And, you know, there's places that I, I enjoyed, some places that I didn't. I've also been fortunate, and, uh, you know, a lot of my fortune was, was – I, I made it happen, was because – 
I, I like places. I always like to go back to places. So, you know, I've been to, I think it's like 132 countries or something like that multiple times. So um, I always take an opportunity to go back, and then I always try to do something different each time I was there. And one of my long-term goals is to be uh, the first person ever to go to every country in the world multiple times. And uh, in doing so, I mean, I don't want to just do the exact same thing. I want to have a different experience and see different things. So I've never shied away on uh, going back to places. And nowadays, everywhere is going back to places because I've been everywhere. But the experience is always different. Uh, I always, I always, um, cleverly, I might add, use this uh, pun, travels like golf. It's a hobby you can do your entire life, and no round is ever the same. I, yeah, you said that last time. I absolutely loved it. Now, my the one kid, Eddie, who called in last time, he wanted to know two quick questions, and then I'll let you go. Have you been to a, um, uh, every stadium for a major sporting event in the United States, all four of the big sports? Uh, I haven't been to every one, but I've been to every baseball. I've been to, I think I've been to 45 major league ballparks. And uh, the only current one that I've not been to is Detroit. Um, and it's been that way for about two years. I don't know why I haven't done it, but I, I will do it this year. So I've not been to Comerica Park for baseball, I think. For football, I think I'm missing, like, a couple. I haven't been to the new Cleveland Browns Stadium. I haven't been to uh, uh, it's kind of, it's a couple others. Um, I, I can't remember off the top of my head. There's a couple hockey arenas, a couple basketball arenas I haven't been to. I've been to all the arenas in Canada, except for the new Winnipeg arena I have to get up to. Um, I've been to just about all of them in the States. Um, yeah, I'm missing a few, but, I mean, um, I've been to most of them, you know. And your favorite soccer stadium to watch a game anywhere in the world? That's a good question. Um, it's, uh, you know, the, the atmosphere at – the 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 stadiums in England for like a big game, like going to the Emirates uh, where Arsenal plays and watching a big game there. Like I've seen them play, uh, you know, so many times. But seeing them play like Liverpool or you know Manchester United, Chelsea, one of the big games. Man, there's just there's just something about it. It's just so intense in like a Champions League game and uh, in Barcelona at the New Camp or uh, you know Arsenal or I was just up in Manchester at um, Old Trafford. It's just pretty cool. Even if you don't like the team, it's still fun to go and experience. Tottenham's also a uh, uh, what do they call it? Uh, uh, I, I forget the name of the stadium off the top of my head, but uh, that's a great stadium to watch a game. And um, White Hart Lane and uh, you know stuff like that. Just seeing. Games in stadiums where they really care. It's not like going to like a baseball game in uh, you know Pittsburgh in the middle of July where no one gives a crap. You know, what I mean? <laughs> like they care in in England pretty much every game. <laughs> Listen, all can aside, man. When I say this, this isn't a joke, and this isn't make your head big. After I speak to you and everyone else listens to it, they text me right away, dude. We have to start. like I travel a lot. Like I try to go somewhere every month. Like for example, you know, Columbia, February, I, I go down to Kentucky to watch a game. So. You really have inspired me to travel more, which I always did, but you you know, you push it more like, dude, make do it now when you're young and you're able. Who knows where you're gonna be in a few years? I just wanna actually really thank you for that. I really mean that. Uh, Mike, I really appreciate that, buddy, and uh thank you so much and thanks for having me back on and glad to hear that the first podcast did so well and uh looking forward to hearing some of your others and uh, always happy to come back on man and uh you know, I I appreciate it and uh I, I love that we have same passions in common. So uh, good talking to you as always, buddy. I'm going to tweet this now, so just retweet it for me. And listen, safe travels, and I'll talk to you very soon. All right, brother? All right, my man. Thanks a lot. Take care. Thank you, Lee. All right. The awesome Lee Abamante. You really have to go to his website. It's leeabamonte.com. L-E-E-A-B-B-A-M-O-N-T-E.com. He has 
pictures from everywhere. North Korea, like you mentioned, playing golf in Afghanistan, uh, playing with the Penguins in the South Pole. It's, he really is an awesome dude. Big Yankee fan, big Giants fan. I pulled through for this episode. I was so upset. When, we're not going to make this a Kentucky crying show, I promise, because I'm getting the same texts. It means absolutely nothing that they got embarrassed last night. And I know that. I understand that. I just hate that we played so soft, and I hate that I threw my phone, and I hate that I didn't sleep for one second. But I can never pass up an opportunity to talk to a true inspiration in the travel world. Hopefully, my next episode will be sometime next week. I know I was supposed to interview Felipe Lopez on Monday, but I think I might, if Michael K. Williams is available, I have to do some research because I had no idea what the hell The Wire was or Boardwalk Empire. I'm so out of it. Anyway, everyone, thank you for listening. Follow me on Twitter at Mike Sappho, M-I-K-E-S-A-F-O, and the same thing on iTunes. Search Mike Sappho, one word, M-I-K-E-S-A-F-O, and subscribe. Everyone have a good day. Thank you. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.